you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galactic Hollow Net, welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, pirate lord of ill repute and probably less skill. Uh, joining me today is Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy the Ship's uh, janitor. What's up, Blair? You went 4 and 1 with B Wings and Soon Trafell in the Wave 11 meta. That's pretty skillful, I'd say. Yeah, uh,. I'll get into that. Like, I am feeling myself, but all I know is that's going to come back in, like, a terrible and ironic fashion. And I don't know when or where, but it's going to happen. I've seen this movie before. Also, it's, joining... It's going to be as soon as you pull the A-wings out is when it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, you don't even know, and then just it'll get rolled. I'll just be sad again. Anyways, uh, joining me today uh, is also Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sozin, the ship's quartermaster. What's up, Lyle? Not much, dude. And you know, I can tell you when it, when you're going to get your comeuppance. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Remember, remember that scene from Harry Potter where all those letters come through the door, um, you know, inviting him to Hogwarts? Like thousands of letters. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene? That's going to be you, except with Horton Psalm cards. <laughs> you know, it's an excellent transition because we did uh, rescue someone off of the salt mines of Kessel. Uh, Chris Allen's here. Chris... I gotta be honest. I don't actually know why you're here right now, but I feel it, the it, same it, way it, very often. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I was like, Chris is coming. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> What's happening? It was up, dude. What's up, dude? Uh, so, uh, should we jump into the booty section now, just because Chris is here? Like, because I feel like we got at least a little bit trolled by him. Well, before we do, I want to hear the idea behind the Horton Psalm card. How did you come to that uh, bounty, Chris? You you act like we put a lot of thought into the things we do. Uh, Ricky was like, wow, I'm really excited for these Horton Psalm cards. And I was thinking, how many do we have to get him before he's not excited for them anymore? <laughs> like, that was, honest, that was about I, it. <laughs> like, real talk, I want to find out. Right, like, because if it's got to be fly- pretty high, right? Like, if you get like six point- in the mail every day, you're gonna start getting sick of it eventually. Yeah, but then, like, it's like, how many things can I turn these cards into? Like, I've got an artistic wife. I'll just give her the cards and say, "Make art with this." Like, this is a game I'm willing to win, Chris Allen. <laughs> Why don't you make a giant mustache out of them, I Ricky? Think you know who you Ooh. stepped to? <laughs> mustache of just like the mustaches of the cards I get. Exactly. Literally just, like, patiently cut out every song mustache into an epic paper mustache. I'm ready. You could, like, blend them up into paper mache, the sacrificial mustache, and wear it. If I get enough, I can make them 3D. I've got this. (laughs) So, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, But... Like, part of me wants to know, like, should I just give out my... I don't think you just give out your address to the internet, though. I think that's not... Yeah, that's, that's not a good idea. That's yeah, not, self-doxing, not recommended. It is... Wait, hold up. Hold up. Is Chris Lowkey doxing me? Is this how this works? <laughs> he is. That's <laughs> what what's kind happening. Of shit kind of? Is this? 
privacy alert. NSA, you knew this all along. I'm just having this on the internet now. Anyways, let's talk about the other trolling that uh, that happened, but really more the bounty section. Uh, instead of Ace going individually, we did go to uh, Evergreen recently, and guys, we did pretty good, right? Like, I don't know who should give me the rundown uh, of Evergreen, but all I know is, okay, Blair, you went last year, right? Tell us how this started. Well, it basically started by, we'd kind of been like talking about a couple of local guys, but then Gabriel Taylor is finally the one that kind of began to put in motion and yeah, it was basically just a blatant ripoff of the Outrider Cup and uh, didn't do the, didn't do the epic round they did. It was, it was a slightly different format, but basically it's just teams of three and you have three lists that are all from the, each faction and it's five-round tournament, and that's it. So you went last year, and you did, if I remember right, like you were an ace, and you guys won a bunch of games, but you actually lost, like, the the combined score. Like, how did that go down again? <clears throat> well, that's what makes the format so funny is we finished we finished three and two overall as a team, but our record was only seven and eight because we got tabled in, like, every round we lost. And then I guess kind of the reverse happened to us this year. But, yeah, we've last year we flew the non-heroes rebellion, and one year later, look what look what happened. You can't you can't keep a good B-wing pilot down. You know the meta they try, <laughs> they try, but just can't do it. So you we did okay last year. You asked Lyle to come on, right? Like basically, you said I'm roping I'm roping Lyle in to see if I can win. Well, <clears throat> not really. I just. Uh, so I was committed to playing with was my brother-in-law, and then, but I figured I'd just give Lyle a shout out because he only lives like three hours away. And then Lyle, once he was committed, then he was all in on bringing your ass over. So then, I had, <laughs> yeah, Lyle's like, "Do you want to go to Seattle?" I'm like, "Yeah." What do you want from me? I'm not. I'm a human being. I'm a human so, being. Yes. So then I had to actually tell my brother-in-law he was off the team. So that was real fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I feel real bad. <laughs> I did. I did. Look, I just wanted for the record that I not did not know this information until no, just now. No, you did not know that. Lyle knew it. But I did. You're yep. <laughs> Lyle, I don't know how to feel right now. I feel your loyalty, though. That's one thing I do feel. I was okay with that. I just wanted to field a, a good team, and you know, you you bring up the uh, you know the game pretty good. I figured between the three of us, we had a strong team. Let's talk about our, our results. I guess I mean we did pretty good. We went we went four and one. Or right, right, give it give us the rundown, uh, Lyle, of like how we did. Sure. So we finished in third place overall, behind two undefeated teams. Uh, both Uncles and Silver Squadron finished 5-0. and But we were the top 4-1 team. We actually had the best MOV of everyone in the tournament. We had 7-10 MOV, and Uncles, which finished first, had 7-07. And we also had the kind of best total player score, uh, 13 wins and 2 losses. Every other team had at least 3 losses, which is cool. Uh, and we were the only team to fly B-Wings and Sunter fell. So for me, that means we kind of won the event, you know? <laughs> Blair, does that like kind of break your heart? We're like, yes, we won with B wings, but it took Sunter. <laughs> but Sunter's no, not cool anymore, not. Chris. Believe it or no. not, Chris. 
Soonter was uh that was all me. I was the one having to push. So these guys were all in on the B wings from the start. Yeah, yeah, like, like, the funniest thing, you never see B-Wings, but if you ask me and Lyle if we want to fly B-Wings, we're in in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay, so looking at, so one, your list names are hilarious, I hadn't actually looked through them yet, oh my god, go look into the doc, the report, and just read these. Ricky's, yours name, but really probably just play Fair Ship is my favorite. Yeah, because that's what I said. I said we should really do that, but I'm going to put my best A-Wing list just in case. In case the guys were like, oh yeah, that's clearly the right answer. I was ready. So how do you win games with these two blues, a bandit, and a stress hog? Like, I don't... So I would say the list is bad and you guys carried it, but Ricky won with it. So I don't understand. (laughs) Hey, I played some good games with that. Yeah, I did. The last game, Ricky was was that Miranda Nim, Ricky. Miranda Nim, yeah, yeah. 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 And there, I remember it was a point near the end when there was seven stress tokens on the stress log. And I looked at Ricky. I said, "Ricky, you know how to make a good stress log player proud." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he hunted down Miranda like the dirty bitch that she is, and <laughs> oh. burned her. All right, so no, she's the Chris, queen of the think, prom, Blair. Don't say that, Chris. I think the answer to that is in the format of the draft more than anything. Uh, we we chose our lists uh, that specifically soon tier and specifically five ship rebel to they're good against. Uh, I don't know, Blair. You can probably they have a couple of hard counters, mm-hmm. but you we, can avoid them. Yeah, yeah but you can actually really, dodge it if you pick matchups yeah. with triple scout. Yeah, if you're. Job. And, and the one thing that we did was good. The one thing we did well was drafting with the. And each of those lists can sort of handle things a little bit harder, so we gave ourselves easier wins. I feel like with good drafting, I will say that's true. I mean, more than anything, I think we drafted extremely well. Yeah, right, I, think I, mean, I think we did a good job. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, oh. like, to answer Chris's question about how does non heroes of the resistance beat people. I mean, let's look at the list at one. It beat Dengar Asajj in round one. Or excuse me, round two. It beat Vessery, Backdraft, and Omega Leader in round one. It beat uh, Omega Leader and Triple Aggressor in round three, which I now dub the Evergreen Squadron because everyone at Evergreen was playing this list. Hey, I played that in league play literally yesterday. It was actually pretty good. Yep, let's see. It beat Riot, Omega Leader, Quick Draw in round four. And it beat... And in round five, it beat Miranda Nim. It was it was our undefeated list. Mm-hmm. So I think the kind of magic behind this list, and Blair, I know it's your baby, so obviously if I get this wrong, uh, shout out. It's effectively that those tracer missiles allow you to get lots of target locks. And then you can focus on just doing focuses. And even though the bandits don't have a lot of damage output, if they're shooting with target lock and focus, they can nibble away at a list, especially like a two-ship or a three-ship list. Which we saw happen. I mean, that list can alpha down Dengar, or it can alpha down, um, you know, a big ship in one or two rounds of fire if you get your shots. And assuming that Stress Dog is doing work, you can shut down engine, you can shut down, you know, barrel roll, and you can kind of stop those big and small ships from repositioning. Now you have to make the Stress Hog work, and I think a lot of the magic of this list comes down to flying that Stress Hog right. I don't know. What, what do you think, Blair? Did I get it right? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, it's I don't I like seeing th- tracers work because they're actually like not even sneaky really good they're just super good but nobody cares it's kind of funny yeah because you have the more ships you have and no one flies a lot of ships right anyway so yeah so we did pretty well um, 
so let's talk about because uh, I think we need to kind of talk about because I think that Suntier and Rack were was really our MVP list that sort of played like some of the harder matchups and won. Like I'm really I'm sorry, Blair. Like I feel like you can kind of have your pulpit on Suntier <laughs> being the right answer because he yeah. was he was absolutely so, so good. Yeah, believe it or not, and also Chris. Predator on Rack. As an upgrade, yeah, the, the, the rack, the rack build was like legitimate. The rack build is why I got any points in the game I did. Yeah, let's is talk he... about that. Blair, can you walk us through the list, the complete list, our rack fell list? Okay, so it's it's your standard Sunter, PTL, Stealth, Autos, and then Rack's got Predator, Engine, Kylo, Rebel Captive, Asani, and Ion Bomb, and it's hundred points, and I had kind of been theorizing in my head and then I put it on the table a couple of weeks in prep for this and yeah believe it or not Lyle and Ricky were all in on the B-Wings basically from the get-go but this was like the real hard sell and I know it was me pushing soon to I know it's, that's tough to believe Chris but I felt like we could kind of come in the radar with this list and a lot of people wouldn't they wouldn't expect to see soon and they didn't so and people and all they do is they bring Nim nowadays oh if I see an ace I'm just gonna bomb off the map well when we got Kylo yeah, That's, not so much. Can't do it. So yeah, when then, you get caught, PS zero bombs are not that scary. Yeah, and, and this is why Predator is better than VI because you don't care about anyone higher PS than you. You're just going to bring them down to zero. Yep. And the the most beautiful thing about the Kylo Predator combo is putting them at PS zero and then getting the double re rolls with Rack. That's that was the so good. That's like, that, off. that is just straight disrespectful. Not nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the other cool thing is we we pulled a page from the crate handbook on the ion bombs, Chris. You guys were talking last episode about how sometimes you can make decisions in X-wing based on the fact that your opponents are stupid. And <laughs> in, in the case of the ion bombs, that's exactly what we did. Blair is like, they're gonna forget. I guarantee it. And nine they forget ten, every they time. They did. They always <laughs> forgot. Dude, Blair, Blair, you remember I specifically pointed out, like, oh my god, it happened with the ion bomb. It's the reason that Rack even got any points. Yeah, so the first, I was pushing this so hard, they were went, they're like, title, title, title. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm telling still, you guys, I bomb. still think title. And I, used it well. <laughs> I still and think title. I'm, I'm telling them, I go, guys, they always forget the first game, Ricky, I don't think you heard this, but I was in the middle, Lyle on my left, Ricky on my right, and I hear Lyle's opponent goes, oh, crap, I forgot about the Ion Bomb. <laughs> and he ioned his Lothal Rebel right onto a rock the next turn. Like, oh, man. Oh, so, and the rock was at the edge of the board, so it took the Rebel out of combat for three uh, rounds. Uh, and then I just burned down uh, Dash. It was so yep. good. That list, points well spent. Yeah, that list just kills Dash. So yeah, well, Let's actually talk about what it beat right quick. Um, so that's the list. In the first round, it beat Dash Nim. You just PS zeroed it and killed killed the list. Um, that was an easy win. Second round beat Dash Lothal. It was so fun killing Dash. Third round it lost its only game. It lost to triple jumps. Yeah, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Okay, I. So here's the thing that drives me the no, most nuts is I talked to Blair after the tournament, and Blair, you explained to me like the self bump move, which I know I am. I know this, but I didn't know it. And I think I died because of that. Well, I got to call you out a little bit, Ricky. I'm sorry in advance. But you were, like, asking, like, in prep, like, I don't really understand, like, how to fly this. And I'm like, simple strategy is just keep them opposite and try to bait with one and come in from behind with the other. That's really the simplistic thing to do. 
and I'm playing, and I look up next to you, and Soonter and Rack are, like, in a corner, and they're right next to each other, and the three jumps are just, like, bearing down on them. Yeah. Like, oh, Yummy. Go yeah, yeah, okay, so <laughs> that absolutely happened, and the only thing I'll say is I did get 33 points out of that game, and I'm proud of those. <laughs> like, hold up, to be fair, like, that was actually the thing that had me believing in the list, was because I absolutely screwed up soon too right like i just i i completely screwed that up i he he died my own mistake right but rack was able to get uh one of the jump masters to two hit points one of them to six and one of them to four by himself right mm -hmm. my soon tier did get two attacks in and did no damage right so if i play soon a little bit better right i can see that list winning and I was, I came out really impressed with the rack build, and I got that portion of it. If only I was actually ever good at Sunderfell, I may have won that game. So in the end, I came out, I, I kind of saw it. Especially yeah, I said this, I said this a couple episodes ago when I was flying special with Rebel Captive. But that card, it is still, it is so good right mm -hmm. now. Like almost every Versus single list is Versus two or three I did the I did the Rebel Captive Ion Bomb. That's how I got all of those uh, all of the scouts yep. that were all within an Ion Bomb. I got yep. them all, and I got them with the Rebel Captive. They couldn't yep. take it. Uh, I mean, it shuts down so much stuff. It shuts down expertise. It, it's still the title though. What is wrong with me? Because <laughs> Kylo, Kylo is so good. He's Kylo amazing. Is so good. All right, well, let's keep going. So then, in the fourth round, I hundred owed Nim Eamon with Rack Fell. And yeah, you were. Lyle, you were I won like, the Ace Award for that. Yeah, should, should we give you props now or not? Because uh, because you were our Imperial Ace. Yep. And he was the Imperial Ace. He was yeah. He was the Imperial Ace. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll take the credit. Yeah, it was nice. I won a light up uh, Skurg ship. Yay! So um, for winning the Imperial Ace, you were given us a, a, a Skurg or a Rebel just, ship just to keep you up at night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does light up though. And then in the last round. Uh, you either 100 owed or 133'd Guri Dengar. Yeah, I think you got half. Scruffy did, yeah. So it did great, but let's close it out and talk about our third list because our third list is a bit of a try-hard list, I think, and the only area where I think we compromised a little bit. So, Ricky, yeah. you, you, you were the, uh, the scum player. Why don't you tell us kind of the evolution of our scum decision? All right, so initially we... I wanted to do... Peritani, or I wanted to do Bobatani, and we were call we were all sort of on that wavelength. But well, to be fair, it was your idea. You said that you didn't want, you didn't like the idea of having Soontier and having to defend both Soontier and Finn, right? And that makes sense. That's right. And Basically, so when you build these kind of triplet lists, you want to make sure that they don't that two lists don't have the same weakness because then you can get ganged up on in match building. So we wanted to pick a. Like, Fen and, and Suntor are just a little too similar. And if someone mm -hmm. can get up against Fen with bombs, there's no Kylo there, and it's harder to get out. Yeah, so it fit It fits sort of my ability to play lower PS and everybody else's ability just to be good at X-Wing. And it was also a turret list, where the other list, list weren't. So like, that was our version of everybody's TLT list. It could do more damage, and I mean, overall, it went fairly well, except Wait, for... You, you haven't said what, what we went to after Paratani. Didn't we go to uh, the... Uh, we went to Triple Jump. We went to Triple Jump with uh, Boba Fett and Forlom. 
and yep. the last one had uh, Cargo Shoe Intel Agent. That's and if right. you don't know the, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Triple Gem. And I, uh, I, I just want to say personally that I am upset with myself that I've been flying A Wing so long and haven't been flying these. <laughs> I feel like. I, I it's funny like, when you make that jump from a tier three list to an S tier list. How suddenly you're like so much better, Ricky. You feel oh like my weird. God. Oh my God! It was so good. I just, I felt guilty. How good it was. <laughs> I don't deserve this. It's amazing. Yeah, like no, no, no. Like it let me do like eighty five percent of what I can do with A wings. About eighty five percent of the overall blocking and extra damage you can do with like snapshot, right? With like three hundred percent more damage, it's not, and with turrets, it it's not right. <laughs> and your version is almost wholesome. You have one intel agent. Agromech, you don't need any more. <laughs> you don't. You but what if you had them anyways? You know where they're going. They're gonna go that way, and you've got this big <laughs> ship to get in the way. Well, oh Boba Fett's pretty dirty too. Oh my god! So I Boba off a Palpatine. That doesn't yep. feel okay. No, he has zeroed rack and then Boba and Palp off. It does, it does like, feel oh great. God. It does feel super great. But, but still. On, speaking of feeling great, you, you won a really nice game of triple jumps against five auto blaster golds. Why don't you tell us about that game? Uh, I played Johnny Gomes, and that was like a rock fight. So typically you can only like run into the list. But my thought process is I had turrets and with long distance and he didn't and I was just going to stay away from him for as long as possible and win. And that's kind of the boring way that that game played, but it's exactly how that game played. I just slowly but surely HP melted him to death because you can do that with that list because it's broken as shit. Yeah, oh my it's, God. It's so good. <laughs> and, uh, and did, didn't Jonathan say this is the ever. first time he's ever lost to that list with five auto blaster golds? Yeah. Yeah. I felt, pre- I don't, a, I don't understand that, but B, um, I think I did a good job of kiting with those ships. I am really, I, I, I will say that I thank you guys for putting me in situations where I would play strongly, and that definitely happened. I definitely felt like I played some of the best X-Wing I've played in a long time, but I will say that I got put into very good situations to fly good x-wing and yeah. that right, kind of so, list is up my up my alley so speaking of playing good x-wing blair i want you to talk about the one game that triple jumps lost uh, about that one uh, <clears throat> ironically against uh generic so yeah walk us through it yeah generic rebels well it was the clog lucky with the commandos which i'd heard a lot about it, hadn't played it yet and i was like all right well i guess i'll joust and try to alpha one them down and I only, I only put, I got my torps off just like I wanted. I got both of them off, but I only did like six damage. And then <laughs> that's the range like not enough. No, it's not nearly <laughs> enough. Well, the, the thing that really hurt was I took, I took like just as much. I took like six damage coming back, even though like all my guys were at range two with, and they all kept focus. So that really hurt. Uh, but yeah, those guys. I was getting like flashbacks of defenders, like having to play against those things. They're just. They're just so, so hard to bring down, and once you get your torps off, it's like you just can't punch through them, and you're not arc dodging them. So that was a that was a brutal matchup. I did two boneheaded things that really hurt me, but yeah, I was those things are just so many hit points, so tanky. 
what and, do you think about that list? Because Lyle says they're super popular on Vassal League, right? Oh, dude, Vassal is so hot with Wookiees right now. It's crazy. They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, but like... <laughs> So they're pretty popular right now. Like how? Anyways, Blair, what do you think about? Do you think? That, I mean, it's just raw efficiency, and mm-hmm. they they benefit from like I said. Yeah, you can't really arc dodge them, but I think they're benefiting from the fact that there's not the super hard to hit aces like the Sunters in the world. Like they would even with that 180 arc, I think they'd have a hard time punching damage through on him back in the day, like the old Howard 2.0. The, the, Four version has trick shot or well, it was just it was commandos. just commandos. The PS one. The, there's a lot of PS the three three PS threes going around on Vassal, but yeah. So that list, can I talk about it right quick? Because I think it's really good. Uh, this is the triple yeah. expert uh, tactician uh, Wookies. Basically, it's three of the PS three Wookies. All three have expertise. That PS four EPT that lets you convert eyeballs to hits if you're not stressed. And then they have two crew members. The one is a tactician, and the second is breach specialist, which will allow you to just eat crits. So yeah. this thing has been mauling people on Basel. It's like 20 and 4 or 20 and 3. And the only games it's lost are to uh, Asajj uh, tractor beam type lists. And, you know, all you, all, you, all you do is just take reinforce every round, which in my opinion is so good it's close to broken. And then, you you know, you've got expertise. You just convert all your roles, and you just gradually grind people down. It's like a slow, grindy yeah. type of list. It is. The, the same is true with the four-ship version that I think is extremely good right now. Yeah. I yeah, should Chris, apologize. Like, yeah, Chris, you like all things terrible. Um, what, do you think, <laughs> what do you think about this list? I mean, tactician on them is obviously like stupid and way too good, right? Like, yeah. The strength of airship is actually that tacticians just busted to shit with like more than three times the area. But like, I don't know. I'm glad people aren't pretending they're not anything but just a very tanky turret anymore, and just bringing three of them and doing stupid things with them. Like, why would you not? Yeah, I need to apologize, Aaron Bonner, because he was absolutely right about reinforce not being <laughs> not being a good idea. I was just looking at it like Fen. Like Fen's not going to care about one reinforce, but and that was the meta when they came out. But now it's like, yeah, yeah. trying to chew through that, it's brutal. I mean, that one token just it, in a single round it could kill three or four damage. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible, and especially on Lauric, because then if you don't get shot, you can just give it to someone else. Yep. So, so that was ba- other than that, we won. Well, the last game was triple jump first. Oh Jesus! One of them's Lorik. Of course it is. Never mind. Of course it fit. Does it? Well, no. Well, with the triple version, no, you can't fit Lorik. You have to. Um... Well, you actually could if you. Yeah, you just drop a breach special off well, one. Yeah, of them. okay, you can drop a breach special. Yeah. Or you could switch expertise to predator if you wanted. <laughs> yep. Also but yeah. True. Yeah. The, Anyways, so the, the last this is all the, terrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We should give the internet ideas. <laughs> Like some of us have a system open that's not announced in like three weeks. Okay, I gotta figure out what's going on. So um, the last game you did, uh, I think you won versus another triple jump list, right? No, it was double defenders and quick draw. Yeah, you just killed that. Well, it's another one of the situations. I'm kind of hearkening back to your last podcast, Chris. Um, they talked about this, which is effectively people making boneheaded decisions at phase zero of the game and. For example, choosing to joust a triple jump list, which is what he chose. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to do, but it's interesting. Round five of this tournament was kind of quirky in that you basically got to pick what the other guys flew. So for we example, did a good job of all of that drafting, by the way. I feel like that was the one thing that we had in an elite skill. Yeah, they messed up. If they had known better, they would have had you fly Rackfell. Because mm-hmm. I think of all three lists, that's the one you're weakest at. <laughs> they gave me five ship rebel. Like, they did. Bitch, do you know who I am? <laughs> um, but, I mean, this situation with, like, what's his name? Andrew. It's the guy that only flies Peritani. Andrew Bunn? Yeah, Andrew Bunn. So he's an amazing per- Peritani player. But he lost that fifth round game to Kyle Medell because he was flying some Imperial stuff that he wasn't familiar with. And so in the fifth round, you can basically screw people by making them fly the list that they like the least, which is kind of a like potentially negative way to close the tournament out. And I know some of the participants weren't huge fans of that format, but it does test the teams and make sure that each one of them can fly the different lists that, that they're bringing, which I think in general we did well. All three of us could handle those three lists. And consequently, we we went three and zero. Ricky, you had. Uh, get, 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 I have to talk about your finish in your game. Okay. It was amazing. All right. So here's the situation. It's a B wing. Ricky's got a B wing that's running away from the fight. He's got a stress hog with seven gold that's trailing Miranda at range two with an asteroid in the middle. And then he's got a bandit with one hull left that's in the bottom right corner. Now Miranda's coming around the curve. She has a choice. If she runs away completely, he'll lose the game by a, I think a point. Mm-hmm. By one point. If he wow! Tried, really? Yeah, that, that that's why he went for the bandit. Yeah, I was I was messing with them too. So, wow! So that no way because mm-hmm. the B wing and the hog, that's forty eight right there. Mm-hmm. So that's a sixty one point Miranda. You're kidding? May, maybe she was fifty something. Whatever. Maybe not by a point, but he would have lost by less than ten. I don't remember, because okay. I had a ship that was nowhere near the, the fight, Blair. I just was avoiding. I was literally yeah. just, he had one hit point, and I was just flying okay. in the corner, happy, uh-huh. waving, like... <laughs> now, Miranda has one hull left. Miranda chooses to go for the the bandit. Mm-hmm. On the first roll, he rolls two dice, gets the shield back, so now he's got two hit points, and he, he's, he's unable to hit the bandit. Bandit, like, dodges natively. On the second TLT shot, he kills the bandit. Um, he mm-hmm. gets two hits, Ricky rolls, blank, evade, and uh, is unable to use his focus. So now we're at the very last shot of the game. If Ricky can kill Miranda at range three with seven stress on him, then we win the match. Okay, when you roll three, or when you roll eight attack dice at something, and you only and they only have one evade, they're typically going to lose damage, and he died. I mean, I rolled twice and he died. Uh, I, I will say the one thing that I liked about it was I was trying to get him into uh, attack the Z instead of protecting his MOV so I could kill more uh, MOV of his. And I'd like that he fell for that. And I feel good about it. Um, although he almost won that game. To be fair, I mean, he did basically... Well, I, mean, start- if it's, I mean, if I'm in his shoes, I'm going to go for the win too. Like, I'm not just going to run and... Mm-hmm. lose on points so i mean i would have probably gone for it too to mm-hmm. be fair but yeah it was the yeah. way to finish it for i sure. I, yeah. I absolutely was trying to to like get him to come in so i could get a shot with a y i wanted to win that game though well you just wanted to kill miranda is what yeah you know. i really really <laughs> needed that inside me. <laughs> it's so hard <laughs> anyways right, so you, so, you want to talk booty? So, 
Yeah, so we did pretty well. Um, we did you tell us? Did you announce what we how we ended up? Uh, four and well, one. We yeah. were third. third we were third. Yeah, yeah. third with the best teams. Best combined score, best MOV, and we get announced. You know, first because we were third, and they announced our prizes. We got some. Uh, we got some really sweet templates. And we uh, also, I think we got, you know, some other random prizes. But there were uh, two cards each given to us, a debt to pay and a score to settle, given to us by the crates. And look, I need to know this, Chris. Was this purposeful to us or did you just give this to the third place team because... I'm like in that like beautiful mind mode or maybe the Charlie, you know, like looking at a whole bunch of pictures of you and Zach and <laughs> Paul and everybody. How did they do it? And they're, they're like chords going directions and I need like some inner peace. So I need the rundown of what, what the hell that was about because now all I know is I have to destroy you as a human being and every person that cares about you. We've been getting trolled by the crates like so much lately with this stupid bounty. And we like, it was such a great moment for us as a cast collectively. Cause it's like, okay, we've been, we've been getting trolled all store champ season with this freaking bounty, but we come together and we have a great showing at this tournament. And no, then right as we're, right as we're getting well. the prizes, it's like, one final troll <laughs> and we just like looked at each other like there's you can't escape the long arm of the trick of the crate troll it'll just find you wherever you go god um the best part is the story's gonna be so horribly unsatisfying for you ricky you'll never feel your inner peace <laughs> I it's, like I because oh, of course it is yes i need your version of the story what did they tell you the story on these cards is hilarious, but not for the reasons. Like I'm so confused. No, no, okay, no, so how no, did Eddie decide? The store champ what? guy played it up. He, maybe he's the one who like he sold did. you down the river. He did. It was Gabe. This is all Gabe's fault. So Gabe said when he was handing out the prizes, he said, "You guys did good, but not good enough. But we're gonna the crates have decided to give you a shot. These cards are redeemable for a match with Paul, whose pictures on a debt to uh, to pay, and a match with Nathan, whose pictures on the other card, a score to settle." Uh, that's how he sold it to us. Redeemable. Well, he said match. that. He said that <laughs> since we got third, we need to get good. <laughs> okay, I'm so proud because what happened is at Gen Con, he came up and asked for a couple copies and didn't really say what for. He was like, "Hey, we're doing a tournament. Can I get a couple copies?" I was like, "Sure." And he asked me to sign a set. And then Zach was there. He was like, "Yo, what the?" F-? He's like, "All right, Zach, you can sign some too." <laughs> <laughs> Which was a hilarious start. So, like, that's Zach's signature on those cards. So, and Zach goes, I'm signing for you, but you have to give them to Blair and Lyle and no one else. So I think regardless of how you've done in this tournament, you could have won the thing, and he would have been like, you did good, but not good enough. Crates on top? Which is awesome. No, no, no. Here's the thing. That's a contract. Zach signed a contract on his ass on us. <laughs> He did, okay, it's not Paul and Nathan. It's Zach. And therefore, you guys. No, like, I want I don't to be Paul and Nathan. Say. I want no, Paul and Nathan. No. I'll sell a Paul and Nathan. <laughs> I don't even find it anymore. Let me be fair. I don't want to lose. But Dude, I don't know. Why, why are there like flames behind Paul? Like, is he no, like that's one of their cards? It's actually really funny. Those things are hilarious. Yeah, we gave him out at Gen Con because uh, Paul wasn't going to make it to Gen Con until like the day before. But Nathan wants, you know, his revenge. 
So somebody on our Facebook, it was Adam James, was like, you need a score to settle debt to pay with Paul and Nathan. I was like, oh shit, yes we do. So we made him with like two weeks notice. And uh, the picture of Paul is just when he won 2015 Worlds, I guess. He's got all three of his like winnings in his hands. But the background was bad and like poorly taken. So we just took uh, like Nibelheim on fire from Final Fantasy VII and just threw it in the background and called it good. So I want to transition to just, you know, conveniently, uh, you are doing a team tournament out in North Carolina, right? Yeah, uh, that is why I'm out of energy today is the regional season drop. Oh, my God, trying to find a date for it. We'll get into that in a a damn second. But but, uh, you're doing you're doing a another team tournament on the East Coast, right? Yeah, so it'll be the third Crate Cup. Oh, man, I wasn't ready to hype it. All right, let's go. Strap yourself in. It's everything you learned. Everything you've learned to get to a paltry third place. Yeah. You can do better. <laughs> I believe in you. Come redeem yourselves. But, uh, no, so, like, at the end of January, we'll do our uh, Blade and Outrider clone that they stole from us in the past. Um, it'll be, like, teams of four. Um, you don't have to be from the same geographic location. Just make whatever dream team you want, whatever. Like the Scum and Villainy podcast. Yeah, or uh, there's some serious threats from long distances of people coming, so it'll honestly probably be like a horrific bloodbath. It'll be fun. But uh, yeah, so it's like teams of four, uh, you pair up against each other. I haven't finalized the pairing process because nobody can find a good way to pair, like when you pick. So we got like three months to figure it out, but it'll probably be at the end of January. Um, The prizes are sick. I can't say what they are yet because they're not actually here yet, and I don't want to false advertise. But you should come. Um, the venue seats like 200 and sells beer. Highly recommended. So, I want to go, Ricky. I want to go. There's, come, there's revenge. Do it. Look, look, do it or no balls. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that here in a little bit. I also want to go into, I guess you did mention the regionals. I do want to cover this. Wait, Let's wait, wait, talk about on. this. Wait, I want to. Yeah. Uh, before the team tournament, isn't there also an event where you're inviting the top 50 U.S. players to play some kind of battle? Yeah, royale? so so Tim has his like top 50 ranking player rankings that he does. So he's he took a year's worth of stats and he put it all together. And uh, so the same weekend as Crate Cup, we're gonna have the big invitational tournament. So it'll be Saturday, Sunday. So one will be Saturday, the other will be Sunday. Um, and basically just a like World Cup style thing where you. Uh, like are put into a pod of four, you probably pick your own pod, pick your opponents, choose your fate. Like the top half of the pod advances and then single elimination from there, just with the top 50 players in the U.S. or whoever can come. And a lot of people have said they want to come, so that's exciting. So if asking for a friend, if top 50 can't come, if you ever were in the top 50, does that give you potential options into this event? Um, It might be slightly more than the top 50. We're still picking. So it depends. Do you know where you are outside of top 50? I don't know. I mean, I was, I think I peaked at somewhere in like 30th or something, but this is before I got a life. Gotcha. Well, shit. If I'd thought to check earlier, I could have told you where you were under that. Because we might do top 64 so that it divides by four evenly, and 64 is a nice clean number. Cool. So you got a chance. I know, I know Chambly made it. He's like 59 or something. So let's talk about regionals were announced if you need to go you can look up on the ffg website there were a lot of locations announced and i'm super excited about that although it does seem that it was pretty delayed am i am i wrong about that like am i reading that that situation long i mean we're waiting for this for a minute right yeah it was like it was like late august last year 
So I have no idea what the why why the two month delay, but definitely a lot later this year. So uh, I I have some hot feelings about this, but l- like for the most part, you can you can look online to see if there are anything interesting around you. Um, I don't know, like Chris, I know you have like I know you have beef with some <laughs> of the locations. So I the only reason why I'm going to let you go first is because I have like some angry feelings I need to get out. So I want to kind of like work yourself up to it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. The last couple of North Carolina regionals were like a little over 100 people, 120-ish, which is awesome, right? That that many people come out. So the the store that got it this year is a great place, like fantastic. Um, but they seat like 40. So we've got problems because <laughs> like it's going to sell out like immediately and nobody can go and they're not going to be able to rent out a new venue, I'm sure. I mean, if they do, awesome, problem solved. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what OP, why they don't get, like, do their research on what stores have enough room or if something weird happened, but I know we're not the only place this happened to. Like, it was all over the country. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Mad Bro out there right now, myself included. So, like, like, I don't know. You you saw the picture I sent you, right? Of the store's interior. Like, we can't get 40 people in there. How far away is that from you? The play the old regional location was uh, like forty five minutes. The new one is like next door. I live right next door to it. Okay, so imagine your situation, except from a half hour to four to six hours. How would you feel? I I just wouldn't go. Like what? That's dumb. It's even so, dumber. So in in Kansas City, where I'm from, the 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 most popular X-wing area in the Midwest is Kansas City, Missouri. We have the most competitive players. We have the most store championships. Everything in that area is basically it's in the middle of. And instead of it getting a regional last year, I think the last two regionals have been upwards of a hundred players each time. Instead of get getting a regional, we don't get one, and I think they dropped one. And instead of us, Colorado's getting one, Omaha's getting one, and Team Covenant's getting one. And that just drives me absolutely insane. There are people that I respect and like in all of those stores, and I think you'd always want to apply for a regional. But it honestly bothers me that upwards of... I mean, think about it. The difference between a 48-size player tournament and a 120-player-size tournament, right? How many extra unique X-Wing players do you guess would show up at between those two tournaments, like actual individual X-Wing players that would not play two different tournaments? You know, what, 40, 50? Am I wrong thinking that? Yeah, I don't... I don't get it. Like it's, I don't blame stores for applying for regionals. Like, right? Like, it's awesome that they got one. Uh, I just don't know why FFG's taking them away. Which doesn't yeah. make any sense. It, it bothers me because all of, there are so many people that are not going to end up going to a regional now that would have had it been in a store that had already given, you know, several large tournaments, and I, it it blows my mind. I'm like very very angry about this. My understanding is that it's nowadays a who can sell the most con contest with asthma day, and it's a lot easier to sell X Wing when you can sell online and only some stores can and some stores can't. And 
that's not exactly fair to give certain stores online access. I'm not but, sure but that, that that's yeah. what does it. Like the place that we had it is uh, like the the regional's been at Atomic Empire for the past couple years, which is like a massive online comic distributor. Um, and they do like a, a an obscene amount so of online. So what are they doing? Are they just rolling yeah, dice in? Like, <laughs> like it, it doesn't even like, like that make makes sense. that makes me more angry. I'm sorry, that, I ruined your pattern. If it, if it doesn't make sense, that's even stupider. Then <laughs> just then get the most unique people playing X Wing, right? Like, get like the most fans possible playing in a tournament. Like to OP is advertising. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm angry. I gotta move. I gotta move. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I'm sad. But if I'm gonna go to some regionals, hopefully I can do well. Let's go to, I guess, a more positive topic. Oh, if you don't, I gotta mail you that box of templates still. Just gotta be ready for regional season. Yeah, so let's jump into... Uh, we had some good feedback for the dev interview. Um, I really appreciate everybody listening to that and giving us your feedback. Um, Blair, I know you had some thoughts that you did want to cover uh, for the uh, for the most recent interview that we did with the devs. Uh, let's... Blair, right, I want to so, hear it, man. I've been waiting all week. There was a lot of feedback on the episode I enjoyed. I actually read pretty much all of it from the forums and Reddit and Facebook. And I enjoyed hearing everyone's thoughts. Felt like I got a pretty good consensus from everyone and me being the opinionated bastard that i am had a lot of thoughts too but we didn't want to talk too much about it but i just had uh, one Sorry. thing i wanted to talk about is lyle asked him the question about imperials basically you know what's up with imperials and uh max gave his thoughts and alex jumped in was talking about errata and he basically said, you know, when things become really egregious, we can step in with errata. But until something is just demonstrably a major problem, we definitely prefer to try to let things play out. For example, people were howling at the moon for something we've done about Palpatine and are now calling for that nerf to be undone. You never know how the next wave of stuff is going to affect the meta. You never know if a nerf is going to go too far or if that thing that people are wanting nerfed is not going to be a problem anymore down the road. But certain patterns eventually take shape over time to where you can just say, yeah, this is a problem and it needs to be addressed. So first, I have a little bit... I have to disagree with him saying people were howling at the moon. And I don't think that's quite fair. Yes, people were howling at the moon for it, but I said this before, I'm going to drop this statistic again. 2016 Worlds... You had 91% of the Imperial players in the top 32 had Palp in their list. So, yes, people were howling at the moon for it, but there was also some clear-cut evidence that this guy was just way too good. So, I don't think it's really fair that he... I don't... And maybe he wasn't trying to say this, but I felt like he was kind of labeling the community as just being fickle. What It's not, you know... That's not really on us that we want these oppressive things to be nerfed and then once the power creep becomes so great that thing is not good anymore and to me i mean he was kind of trying to make an argument to where that that's why it's so dangerous to errata stuff in my opinion that shows even more why you need more aggressive errata because I mean, how long was palp out until they finally nerfed him like 18 months 
I mean, he was out there forever until they finally decided he was too good. So we're the ones having to play with this stuff that is clearly broken. And then, yeah, by the time they finally did nerf him, it was too late because Atani was already better. So to me, that more showcases why they need to more be more aggressive and proactive in their errata as opposed to being more careful with it, as he was saying. And I kind of want to tie a little bit longer of a rant into that, Ricky, but I think... I'm in. That, I'm in. I'm well, in. Do it. I think Lyle and I are kind of on the same page, and he's going to talk about what he thinks, too. So I think Chris and Lyle can go, and then we'll talk. We'll tie it in at the end. All right, All right cool. so uh, I'll do mine at the end, but one of the reasons why I actually invited Chris into our cast tonight was something... Hey, Chris says, was, like, begging. He's like, dude, dude, I listened to this interview. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, and I'm like, I'm not going to accept anything. I'm going to pretend I don't know you. But then he talked to you, Lyle, and suddenly he's here. So, yeah, Chris, that's exactly I know that's how that went down, but I'll allow it. <laughs> no, so Chris wrote this thing in Reddit, and I want to read it to you guys. Because um, people were wondering, well, how about the crates get an interview with the devs? You know, I think that we'd see, you know, a bit more kind of a hard response to answers that were interpreted as being you know, mamby-pamby or political or mealy-mouthed. And, you know, this is what Chris said. He said, the devs shouldn't agree to be interviewed by the crates, frankly. We'd fight them on non-answers and it would be bad because they're limited in what they can say. The devs are great guys and talking to them is great, but our no BS policy isn't going to work with official representatives of the company. And I thought that was an important point. And I want to give chan- Chris a chance to hop on his soapbox on this topic and sorry Chris I know I surprised you with this today so you probably haven't prepared for it but I would love to hear your thoughts in this matter oh no you're fine so actually I had the same like violent response I think you guys did when I first what was I'm trying to think of the exact chain of events that happened so Tyler leads into hey why can't we just unnerf whisper and then the answer is well because it's oppressive to like lower PS swarms and stuff okay but how about Kylo no, it's different, because reasons. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Harpoons also do it. Oh, they're dead anyways. It doesn't matter. It's like the... the yeah, the who logical... cares about swarms? They're dead. doesn't matter. Yeah. And then, like, there's a lot of, like... like We know those aren't real answers, because they even say, like, a year and a half ago, swarms weren't dead. I was looking at Meadowing. They weren't, like, bright and vibrant everywhere, but it's not just gone, right? Like, it's an archetype that could potentially be good. But, like, they... I mean... Like, you guys have talked to them. Like, we have the advantage of going going to a bunch of events and talking to these guys. Like, we got Frank wasted at Nova, and he's a brilliant dude. <laughs> I, I really like I really like Frank and Alex. I haven't met him in person yet, but, I mean, I like the other two guys, so I imagine I'm going to like him, too. I just haven't met him. Like, when... I was I can't remember if it was Frank or Alex that said, you know, like, oh, it's just a pre-boost barrel roll or pre-move booster barrel roll with Kylo, you know, like whatever, it's not a big deal. I know they don't believe that. Like they are fully aware of what they did. I assume it's on purpose, right? Like, okay, Whisper was too much, but we don't want to unnerf Whisper. You can't undo your errata. Like they'll never unnerf Palpatine. It's just not a good idea. You go back and you re- you re-release the card a little bit different and see if it's okay this time, like Okay, fine, Whisperer, you can't decloak and then get your action. It costs your action to decloak. Is this okay? Is this fair? Okay, it was too much again. Errata it, whatever. But they can't they can't say that. They can't say we're taking this risk because we think this archetype is cool. They all they can do is say it was fine in testing. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that really kills me is 
You know, I can, I mean, I can even understand stuff getting by testing because, like, when they say, you know, oh, well, you know, we're, we're having to do this uh, playtest a year or more out, you know, I understand that it's hard to get around that. And there's, um, maybe you guys know that a way you could get by that easy, but I just, yeah, I can, I'm on board with that. But when you have stuff that, like, exists for so long, that's where, that's where I think, for me, it just gets hard to swallow those pills. But yeah, where you sit on, we get stuck with palp aces, which I'm in the minority for liking, right? But for you guys that didn't like it, you were stuck with that for six months, and then it got even worse. It's like, oh, now sweet palp aces, don't even have to bother archives. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. I would, great. I would desperately pray for t- palp aces to be the top list right now because I could, I feel like I could get that with snap with snap a's or something. Yeah, right? well, I mean, I was talking to Travis earlier when I was looking at the year ago meta. And I was like, man, like these lists, the cancer then was what, like Dangaroo? It's like, I would gladly, I would way rather play Dangaroo than I would Nim. At least I get to shoot him and try. Like, it feels fair. I know the math says it's not fair, but it feels fair. I don't even know where to go with, with the interview other than uh, the one, the only thing I had an issue with was the X Wing is now at their feet and them saying, if it was it ever good, like, there's been. I don't even know how many adjustments. At some point, like the X Wing's on you. So they've had that. thirteen waves to fix it, and they haven't. Anyway, so let's go to some exciting news, and Wait, then we'll go. You're in... just gonna skip over my rant, there, pal. You're not even gonna give um, me a shot at it. <laughs> oh, well, Lyle's been mentally preparing himself to shit on the devs all day, and you're gonna take that <laughs> away from him. <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely right, Lyle. Uh, my apologies. I I was thinking of, of moving to you next, but just a little early. What? So, what's your thoughts on the responses and what we've seen so far? Sure. So I'll keep this short. I mean, all I really want to say is that I wasn't confident based on what I heard, and I think that we as a community have collectively become way over obsessed with the hundred by six format. And the only thing that stops us from doing something different than hundred by six is organized plays stranglehold on that format with acrylic crack. They have great prizes, they have great acrylic and alt art, and because they only offer 100 by 6, that's all that we play. And that's actually not on the designers and it's not on OP, that's on us as players because we have the power to change that. We do have that agency, and we don't. We choose to keep continuing down the path of letting them lead us along in this hyper-competitive 100 by 6 format. And I think that's become a trap. It's become a real stranglehold on this game. And until we can break out of 100 by 6, I don't see it getting better. That's interesting because, like, I don't mean to distract you for too long. but no, That's it. That's my whole rant. Okay. So, uh, like, 100.6 obstacles is pretty boring. Like, I went and played so it's X-Wing is my first miniatures game, right? So all this is new to me. But I went and played some Imperial Assault. And it was like, okay, so here's the map. And then, oh, we need to put these pieces on it. Why do we need to put these pieces on it? Oh, there's something that says I can't just bring eight snipers and sit in my where I spawned and make you come to me and win on tiebreaker. Like, there's objectives, I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's there's things, there's reasons that you have to fight your opponent other than I need MOV to win, which would be really easy to add to X-Wing, and they just don't. So I guess it's on us. And Max yeah. actually challenged us on this point. He said, you know, they did it with Magic. Commander was a community-driven format that yep. was forced to be adopted by Wizards of the Coast because the community loved it so much. 
And we just haven't done that. That we just continue to be like, sure, we'll keep doing 100 by six. Oh, you're gonna have a system open that doesn't have any storyline, even though you're gonna have cop to a storyline. That sounds great. Uh, is there gonna be sweet acrylic in for it? Yeah, great. We'll go play. It. I think it's on us. Well, it, it absolutely is on us. I mean, what is I've I'm to the point now. I mean, I feel like like Lau, you said you just said you didn't feel like anything you heard there really convinced you. I don't think anyone. Felt like they heard anything that really convinced them that, I mean, it's either one of three things. It's either the devs they they don't care, they do care, but there's nothing they can do about it, or I guess that's I guess that's only two things. But (laughs) (laughs) it's either they care and there's nothing they can do about it, or they don't care. So either way, we're screwed, right? I I think that they care. I think that okay, hold up. I want to say unequivocally that I think that those guys are very smart, and I think that they absolutely. I think they are trying very hard, and I think that to get it, I think that I would do a worse job than them. Absolutely, all of those things I think are true, and I think that they still could probably use a something that gave them better costing in their design right i think it would that would be better for them and i think that's something that i think costing has been some of the biggest issues and then maybe some design but i think costing has been something that's been a problem for them in general even though i think that they're all very smart and good i just think that some things have made it through and well, haven't got so yeah so lyle you were saying you didn't really hear anything that really convinced you that I mean, it seems like they're aware, but from what I heard, it seems like they're like for whatever reason, the status quo is acceptable to them. Do you guys feel like that was pretty much what you heard too? That's what I heard. Uh, yeah. What I heard was X Wing is going to stay dead. Swarms can die out and just completely die. We don't care. Bomb Wing and Turret Wing will continue unabated. Shut the f up. That's what I heard. And I, don't... I felt like from all the responses from everything that I read. I felt like the majority of people felt like that was exactly what they read, too. So, at this point, we're 11 waves in, coming up on 12. Like, coming up on how, do we, how do we as a community respond? Do we say, do we just continue to go on the forums and just post, why isn't this nerf, blah, blah, blah? Because those guys as devs, you know, gamers are very, we love to complain as it is. And it's hard for them to go to their boss and be like, hey... Uh, there's a couple of forum posts that they're saying this stuff is uh, they're not liking the the way X-Wing is going. Like, how is their boss going to be able to sort through that noise? Like, I think we're basically at a crossroads here. Where I think we as a community have to come together and do something to tell them, like, this is unacceptable. Now it's coming to a head. Something has to give. And... I mean, I have some ideas on what that would be. I don't know if you guys, if we want to go into that now, but I'm, you know, it, basically we have going on the forums and writing posts is not going to change anything. I mean, we've been doing that forever. Nothing has changed. It it has to come from us. We have to come together and approach them. So that's my thoughts. There's only one man that can save us, Chris Allen. <laughs> save us, Chris. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> no, uh, no, so the whole Max, I don't mean to totally derail you, because, so, Blair, I think, honestly, the only thing that would ever change what FFG does is their profit line, right? Like, yes, absolutely! Like, Frank and Max and 
Alex, do don't get much say over like or any, I assume, over like FFG corporate structure. But if if the goal is like we'll send FFG a financial message, like they'll just scrap X Wing, right? Like <laughs> it's like okay, it's not I selling a well. So because if we so all right, so here's my pitch: we get as many competitive players together as we can and send them a letter and say, you know, to whom it may concern, certain elements have shown up in the game over the last two years or so that we feel like is unsustainable. We don't like it, and it's really putting a number on the competitive scene to the point where we pretty much really don't even want to play it anymore. We are respectfully requesting a voice in the competitive environment, and that could be any number of things, but... I mean, if we just tell them, like, I mean, at the bare minimum, they would give us something with the system open. How it's so simple is what's so frustrating. Like, let us just have a website that has the updated errata on that. And I mean, I don't feel like that's going to affect, that's not going to cost them anything. And if they see 2,500 signatures, I, I know it'd be a long shot, but I would have a hard time believing i mean how could they say no to that if it's not going to cost them anything to change it if only well, you could I mean, assemble the top 64 players in the u.s to sign some petition <laughs> they go to Somehow. an invitation to lay all fortress every game and protest <laughs> but i don't think that but it's like it has to be the profit margin chris yeah so it's like have, yeah it's just it's a little all in right like i don't know maybe you really uh, think you scrap been, it though like if they saw that we're up in arms I mean, if I were FFG, I would. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, if if our player... I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it, right? Like, so we release this product. We release it like the rest of our... Because FFG doesn't see themselves as a competitive games company. We're we're a, like, a... uh, What's it called? Marketing expense for OP. So people can go to stores and say, Hey, look, these people practicing for a tournament. This game's active. Like, people play it. Uh, So if they see, man, our, our tournament players have really gotten hostile to the developers which isn't actually what's happening at all, but that's how like the execs would see it. They'd be like, man, look at this angry letter they sent us. They'd just be like, okay, oh, well, I guess we won't worry about OP for X-Wing. And they wouldn't like scrap it. They just wouldn't do anything extra, I assume. I don't know why they would, because let's be real, how many of those people that are boycotting X-Wing or whatever are just going to go play Legion? I don't know. that, And that would be what you'd find out is when you begin to pull the players. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you, like... It seems like there has to be wanna... more, a more constructive way of doing it. Like... You know, convince them to open up the FAC to open playtesting, for example. Can I mean, they, though? I, I assume they just can't. Right? Why like, not? Everything has already been spoiled. There's no new information. We know that Sabine is a card. We know she's there. But, like, don't all their articles and everything have to get approved by LFL and, like, they're in, like, a horrible licensing hell? I thought I thought that was... I've heard like, this is true for, for new content. Uh, I don't gotcha. think it's true for existing content that's already been put really? out. Disney does not care. Disney doesn't care about their facts. That's yep. interesting. If that's true, then it's pretty inexcusable that we haven't had a fact in, you know, nine months, eight months. Well, I think they keep filibustering the design. They're like, okay, if we just wait a little bit longer, we can see how this stuff plays out. I think we're right. seeing developer. Inertia. I don't want to. I don't want to go too much into that. It's conjecture for sure. <clears throat> I think that we should uh, should move on to a little bit more exciting news. Can I can I transition you into something I wasn't planning on talking about? That's very yeah, positive. Fine. All right. So Max's comments about alternate formats were really odd when I picked it up and very well timed because in the background we've been working on a like a tournament structure alternative format for uh 
the past few months, probably since like August, maybe a little earlier. It was back when uh, we realized, hey, the best strategy in X-Wing is to just win on tiebreakers because you never have to actually fight your opponent ever. Maybe not the best, but like a very optimal strategy is to just not play the game. So, okay, how do you make people play the game? And just putting something in the middle of the board that they have to fight over is a pretty easy way to do it. Like, you don't have to game design anything. So we're like, okay, uh, let's just go to Imperial Assault. Let's steal their tournament structure and uh, make some really, really, really simple objectives for X-Wing that people have to fight over. So I, I sent, I put them in the Skype chat. Um, we can publish them out with the episode or whatever. It's definitely not done. We've got, we've been testing it in our like league here and in California and uh, in Chicago for about a month or two. And uh, we're running some tournaments to make sure that nothing breaks horribly next month in here in Chicago as well. So Dion and uh, Ryan Farmer have been helping out. It's really simple stuff. Like, put a shuttle in the middle of the board. If you're at range one of it and your opponent isn't, you get some MOV, the shuttle moves. If you get it to your side, you basically win the game, right? Like, nothing exciting. Uh, nothing crazy. But what it does mean is that uh, the things that currently win in ways that feel abusive, like Nim, who just runs around to bombs you never get to shoot, uh, when you tell Nim that Nim has to be range one of a large ship and you can shoot Nim, Nim is like complete ass, like totally worthless. Same story for Miranda. And what's really good is like, you know, 4BZ, a bunch of defenders, maybe like two turrets, Omega leader and a striker or something like that. Like these ships with arcs that are tanky and can tank shots, which I think is what people like about X-Wing. So we put together this these different objectives like that i mean some of the objectives move some don't sometimes it's rocks you're fighting around sometimes it's a big area sometimes it's a small area just like a big wide variety of things to try to just punish two ship lists and punish point fortressing and fortressing in general because cool. if ffg is not going to do it we might as well yeah that's what i'm talking about man like the community stepping up and coming up with new formats and that's but what I, max was talking I, about too with commander it's always going to be like, people are always going to swarm to the official events. Like, Oh, yeah. The only way it would ever take off is if we handed it over to FFG and then they eventually put in their OP something similar. But they do it for Imperial Assault. I don't know why they couldn't do it for X-Wing. And they're already trying to steal Hodak for everything else anyways. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. If they if they stole Hodak and put it into X-Wing, like, there's no reason not to. Yeah, so they can steal from the community. They've done it before. <laughs> I mean, we give it to them for free. <laughs> So let's jump into Lyle. I, I do know that you wanted to give us some props for a recent achievement, the podcast hit, and some of the sort of things that we're going to be looking into the future. And then we'll go into our we'll let Chris pick one of our winners for the Boshek contest. So, but anyways, give us uh, your report from the quartermaster. Sounds good. So I picked up managing the finances of the podcast. After Alex stepped away to, you know, kind of focus on his career, anti-grapist. And ever since then, I've been spending money like a demon, which has been fun. But we've actually recently kind of broke a, a new goal, which is we, we got above $125 an episode. And that's pretty cool. Congratulations. I think that happened because of our developer interview. We, we asked people if they could, you know, contribute to the Patreon to get a sneak peek at that interview. And we picked up like 15 bucks, which was great. And uh, I'm really excited. We're at 125, and here's what we committed to. We committed to doing live on-the-ground coverage of big events, interviews with top players, data coverage, maybe even live-casting some games. And uh, ever since we broke 125, me and Ricky and Blair and the team have been kind of putting our heads together and trying to figure out what cool things we could do to continue making this podcast great. And we would like to ask you, our listeners, to tell us what you think. And so what... 
if, if you want, we would really love it if you could email us at scumandvillainypodcast at gmail.com and tell us things that you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you would change. And we would like to adjust the way we do this podcast for that feedback. So there you go, Berkey. Quartermaster's report. Uh, all right. So the last thing that we need to get into is Boshek. And uh, Chris, you did say that this was like, you're like, you guys are doing Boshek, right? And you wanted to talk about something with Boshek. And I feel like I need to give you that that time because I'm I'm hoping we can break it. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I'm going to let you choose. God, I don't believe you. You don't want to live in the world where Boshek is good. I think you do, but you don't. I feel like that that card works best on low PS, and I like that. Oh, God, I disagree so, so heavily. That card works so... So if Boshek would be really cool and wholesome and fun, and the way it was meant to be, if it said, when you're touching a ship that's an enemy ship, when it activates... But no, the fact that they're going to let me put it on my own ships and effectively change my dial at pilot skill, whatever the hell it happens to be when I activate, like you can put it on, like have Imperial Aces, like VI Quick Draw, VI Vader, and decide whether you want to change your dial at pilot skill 11. Or even worse, like Advanced Sensors Quick Draw, PS9, where you can, like, oh, I want to change my dial, cool, or not. Like, I guess I'll barrel roll first and then do my maneuver, whatever. The only time Boshek is ever good is when the game is broken in a fundamental way. And I don't think they should be making cards like this. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> Strong awesome. words. Well, what about uh, Stay on Target, Chris? I would agree with Stay on Target 2. No, probably just 2. No disclaimer. Stay on Target is probably uh, too powerful. Like The effect it gives is too good. The world where Stay on Target is good is also a world I don't want to live in. So, so basically what you're saying is Paul's a horrible game designer. I mean, I think pretty much everybody that plays games is probably a horrible game designer, us included. Wait, Paul did Boba Fett. Paul That's did do a, Boba Fett. Yeah, I also killed an eight-crew person with Boba Fett. Yeah, that, I mean, sounds, that sounds terrible for the opposing team. It does, but Boba Fett's kind of interesting because there's a bunch of uh, conditions around it, and it's it punishes things that aren't fun to the game, which is massively expensive cards on very expensive ships so i don't really care as much but like if boba fett existed in the imperial faction it would be terrible which means it's limiting design space but everything does so whatever well uh so you're chris, batting chris, one for three paul chris since you like the ship so much um i asked that we break uh Boshek. i wanted to see what the most ridiculous Boshek our listeners could build and i'm going to give each of us kind of picked a favorite um we're going to go over ours and some of the other guys and then we're going to let you choose so why don't we start with uh lyle what was your favorite boshek sure so i was very interested in using boshek in combination with cassian andor uh, because i think both those cards kind of complement each other well and mm. someone submitted a list i'll get his name in a second it's uh, an Outer Rim Smuggler, and this is the base kind of build with Boshek, Cassian Andor, Millennium Falcon title, the old one, the Evade title. I actually think that should be the new one. I'll talk about that. Smuggling Compartment, Rigged Cargo Chute, and Ion Projector. That was his kind of base uh, kind of entry for the list. And I think that's great because, one, no one plays the Outer Rim Smuggler, <laughs> probably because it's overpriced, but... 
whatever. And two, I think that the ORS, you can change this guy just a little bit to make it an ORS with Cassian, the new title, which allows him to get the, the sloop or, you know, the, the kind of sloop K turn. Smuggling compartment, and instead of taking rig cargo chute, instead take the EMP device and ion projectors, and then pair that up with a couple of things that can deliver stress. I wanted to use a couple of Wookiees to, to deliver stress because I think they're really good at it. But then you've got effectively a chassis that can dish out a bunch of ion paired with ships that can dish out a bunch of stress. And when you've got that combination of ion and stress with Boshek, you can start doing really mean things. So yeah, there we go. I, I mean, his other two ships were Snap Wexley and Arvel, which I think are pretty cool, but I was more impressed by his use of the Outer Rim Smuggler as the base chassis. So I do want to call out Tyler's pick. Tyler's pick was Darth Vader, Veteran Instincts, Harpoon Missiles, ATC, Engine Upgrade, you know, and the X one And then the Lambda Shuttle Omicron Pilot with Collision Detector, Boshek, and Systems Officer, and then Inquisitor, Harpoon Missiles, Auto Thrusters, and then the title. Um, and he had a really good uh, sort of self-bump explanation. This actually Blair, kind of goes to what Chris was talking about, doesn't it? Like he was thinking about how you can use that to change someone else's dial on your own side? Yeah, yeah. That The whole thing is that you can change your dial to stop as often as you ever want to because of Boshek. Uh -huh. Now that's pretty cool, right? Because I actually never considered that that you could do that. But I guess you know more than one person out there knows about this trick. Yeah, the person who submitted that's probably really smart. Yeah, really <laughs> smart, I'd have to say. Blair, and with the vassal was... screenshots, I mean, pretty good. Blair, what was your favorite uh, Bochek list that you picked? Well, so we got I think three submissions actually. That was it was the same Oiken loadout. It was Daredevil, Spiring Recruit, Bochek. Intel agent, engine, and title. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's just pretty nasty. Everyone knows the double ram with Oikin, but now with Inspiring Recruit, you can clear both those stresses next turn. But the Intel Boshek combo is really get really where it gets nasty because you you know exactly what they're doing, so you can choose to look their dialect or not, just really screwing with them, and the double ram is immensely terrifying as well so i don't know how we're going to decide between chris is deciding right. um uh, so i kind of i just i i don't know i, I clearly didn't do this right because i split my vote for between the oiken list and the chopper list i feel like those are the two best spots for Boshek, uh, just because they're both good you know sort of rammy blocky style lists uh blake mckenzie sent in um uh a blue squadron no where's the chopper list god damn it well there was a chopper list i don't know where it's at um i still got it open you want me to uh read it for you yeah go ahead so it's miranda donnie uh tlt c3po bomblet generator long range scanners bigs because of course r46 and uh Blue Squad Pathfinder, which is the Expertise expansion pack with the Advanced Sensors, Intel Agent, Boshek, Pivot Wing, Engine Upgrade. And Blake says, Engine Upgrade allows the U-Wing to move more efficient, to more efficiently ram into things on the board. Boshek in this list is for the protection of Miranda, but also to potentially lead ships into bomblets. Well, Chris, I'm going to let you, since you're the guest, pick uh, which you think is the uh, one, your winner 
what you think is the most broken out of uh, all of these. Well, so what's the prize? Uh, something we have decided. It's going to be a uh, Scum and Villainy uh, dice tray. Oh, man. Well, I really want Nepotism to win and to pick my own under a pseudonym, but I guess I won't. <laughs> Wait, which, let me guess. You are Sean McDodd? Tyler's I am pick? Sean no, no, McDodd. No. <laughs> that was me. It was me all along, Ricky. I'll go with that. I mean, I don't care. No, and I, well, I can't pick me. Here. I can't pick Blake because he's in Hornet Squad and they're rebelling against crates. They're our local rebellion, and that's not acceptable. I uh, uh, I actually figured out which one was the one that I wanted. It was um, Chopper, Miranda, and Tim came up with that. Gotcha. I was I, I have an actual pick. It's actually my favorite one in here because it okay. sounds super dumb. Lyle, the one you picked with the Outer Rim Smuggler with the new title. I just assumed it was new title. I don't know if they grabbed the wrong one in the list builder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds horrible to play against. Like, well done. Oh my god. I don't want to play against that. Like, I don't know if it's any good, but I know that your opponent won't have fun, and that has to count for something. <laughs> yes, so that was Evan T70 Bro Bull Rise. Oh god, it's nepotism all the way down. You know this guy? Yeah, that's the guy that beat me with four T70s in Naboo. Perfect. <laughs> T70 guy. <laughs> Damn it, Evan. That's amazing. So, there you go. So, um, you know, that does mean that we are up for a new contest. Chris, this is the most power you'll ever have. Oh, God. I don't know that that's true. I know that it's true. Okay, that's fair. Uh, name me your contest. What what contest do you want to see for our next prize? Well, you want, you want a specific list type, right? Or yeah, can I do list, anything? A, a list. I mean, to be fair, I mean, you could do anything, but we're supposed to. anything. That's that's a lot of power. Yeah, whatever. Like you I want to make it also Ricky. send Rick, Ricky Hortons, but actually, no. Here's easy, easy bounty. Uh, beat Blair with B wings. Oh yes. Oh, I love it. I never get to play against B wings anymore. Any anyone who beats Blair with B wings. Uh, yeah. No, if if anyone beats me with B wings, I will contribute to that bounty. So, you go ahead and name your price, Chris. I'll, I will buy you a ship at that store if you beat me with a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy you a ship of your choice, including epic ships. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's nuts, Chris. <laughs> I like it. There you go. Uh, so, I'll say for the regional season, if you beat Blair with B-Wings, he will buy you a ship. <laughs> I'm going to three, so get ready, people who live on the West Coast. Blair, I got my eyes on you, man. I like flying with things. Man, the list juggler data for all your regionals is going to be straight noise. <laughs> it's just going to be garbage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so do we have uh, any other shout-outs that we want to give for before we wrap this shit up? I got, I got one for Anti-Grapist, actually. Okay. I was hoping he'd be here, but, I mean, he hasn't been on in a while. But uh, so back when we put all the Nova or when all the Nova squad sheets got entered in, uh, for whatever reason, I got all the credit for it. But he actually entered in like 95% of them. Like I scanned them and then I came back two hours later and he's like, okay, I think it's done. These couple are wrong. It was like, oh, my God. Alex is the man. I love that. guy. That was crazy. So thank you, Alex. Any other shout outs? I got a shout out to the Vassal League guys for uh, helping me design A-Wing Soccer. 
A-Wing Soccer is looking good. I want to talk about that next gas. We're on version 0.3 right now. Hopefully there'll be another one coming out soon. All I want to say is that we did very well in Evergreen, and I hope to go to Crate and just smush that in. I believe Zach signing the autographs for a debt-to-pay and the score-to-settle was a legal contract for the crates to play us and for us to crush them. So uh, that's there. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, it seems like, you know, I mean, when you sign a contract, you have to own it. Uh, You know, Zach seems that type of person. Yeah, except he's going to sub in Paul and Nathan. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) do. Which I'm fine with, for the record. (laughs) <laughs> look, look, if it's four of us, so long as I'm not one of the four, I feel really confident. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'll sub in. What a leader. I'll sub in Mark. Yeah, that's the best kind. <laughs> I'll sub in Mark. He'll lead, he'll lead the shit out of us. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Let's go ahead and wrap this up for Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy, or Lyle Hayers, better known as Sozin, Chris Allen. Thank you for being, you know, here, I guess. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. It was fun. High praise. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Super fun. Uh, I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Diberius. Thank you, Galact Colonnet, and good hunting.